Cap and Company live from spring training, setting scenes and stalking stars. See all the pictures on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago and at the Capman. Now back to Mesa on Chicago's home for sports, ESPN 1000. All right, welcome back on ESPN 1000, Kappa Company, final day here in this gorgeous weather. And guess who's on our set? He is a great friend of our show. He's Kyle Hendricks of the Chicago Cubs. How are you, man? Awesome, man. Awesome. Great to see you. You too. How nice is this weather, I was just going to say, you guys got a pretty primo spot up here, Yeah, we got a primo spot. We got the stadium right there. This is awesome. And it's Cubs White Sox Day, too, so it'll be fun. So I noticed that you changed your training in the offseason. What did you do? Yeah, so I started working with a different trainer. You know, I I'd had the same guy I'd worked with for a while, and it did me a ton of good, you know, but it was just kind of became that time in my career where I didn't love where the trends were going the last couple of years uh, with my body and things. So, yeah, I had to make some changes and just, you know, not a complete revamp of my routine, but there were a lot of different things I was doing this off season. a lot of different training. Um, started throwing a month earlier. Uh, part of the end of the season kind of helped that, I guess, but... Yeah, I just feel really strong. My shoulder feels stable. Legs feel good. And just ready to get going, man. Spring's been awesome so far. Did you do less throwing this offseason, more throwing? And how about weight work? More throwing, and I would say weight work, uh, same amount of weights, I guess, just not as heavy, and a lot more movement stuff. Just a lot more movement, athletic movements. uh, Tough to explain, I guess, exactly, but it just gets me more in my body, and I, I feel more con- in more control of my body instead of just going through a lot of old-school, regular lift stuff. You know, there's there's so much science and stuff out there now, and Cubs are doing an awesome job. We've brought in a bunch of guys, strength guys, that are also teaching a lot of the same stuff to everybody. So it's just the continuity of the whole the whole routine for me is perfect, and now I can do it with these Cubs guys. It's, I feel really good for this point in the season. A lot's been made of the pitch lab that the Cubs have, and I remember talking to you Two summers ago, and a, a former pitching coach here called me. He said, tell Kyle he's like three inches too high with his leg, and it's this, and it's that. And then you made an adjustment, and you said to me, I think I made this adjustment. And you went on this amazing run. How much does a pitch lab help a veteran like you? Yeah, it helps a ton. You know, it can help anybody, though. Um, it just depends what you're working on. So you can go in there and... They have all the cameras where you can work on a new pitch. You can work on same pitch you've been throwing, but try different grips. Uh, and you get immediate feedback right after you throw a pitch to see the numbers. You can see slow-mo video, how it's coming out of your hand. So for me, how I use it, we have such a good team behind the scenes. It starts with Tommy, obviously, our pitching coach. But everybody else, Borzy, um, Nobes behind the scenes. All these guys, they when I go through a bullpen, they kind of break down the numbers, look at the video, see where I'm at. And they know where I'm supposed to be when I'm good, you know. And if I'm if I'm kind of in this sweet spot, they don't really come to me. They don't say much. If I'm getting out of it and something doesn't look right, they'll come to me and we'll address it. And then we start breaking it down and go from there. But for me, I, I love, you know, relying on my feel and relying on just making pitches, things like that. So if I'm in a good spot, usually I'll just keep doing my normal throwing, my normal routine until they come to me with something. How about the vibe here? Look. I thought Chris Bryant said it perfectly the other day. Joe Madden was the perfect guy at the perfect time, and now we've got David Ross. What is it like playing for David Ross now in this camp? Yeah, it's been unbelievable so far. I think you said it exactly right. I think he's exactly what we need at this time. You know, 
time with Joe was unbelievable. It was awesome. I love him. Um, and it was, that was what we needed five years ago, six years ago, whatever. Um, but right now it's just to that point where you can already tell the energy Rossi brings, the passion he brings, focus on the details, just everything he speaks, you know, uh, we all take to heart and really just the energy alone and his passion is really trickling down to all the guys. And it's pretty fun to see so far. What is it like for you knowing that I may be the opening day starter this year? Rossi has it sending. Is that a goal of yours? You know, it might be a career goal eventually, but no, that's really not where my focus is at all, and especially on a team like this. I mean, we have so many guys that have been there and done that, guys with unbelievable stuff, guys with unbelievable track records, guys that are still that are throwing the ball unbelievably in spring. So we have so many options that that, that game can go to, and I think it would be an honor for anybody that does get it, you know, but at the end of the day, our focus here is at the end of the season, and we, we know where we, we, where we want to end up. The last two years, we haven't been able to do that, so changing our focus a little bit, getting back to the small details, um, focusing on our work. Hopefully that will take us all the way to the end. Cup star Kyle Hendricks with us here at Kappa Company on ESPN 1000. I was reading a Denny McLean article where he was saying that Mayo Smith, his old manager, you had to complete two games in spring training before you could break camp with the team. He said literally complete two games. If you complete two games in a season now for a lot of starters, that's like a huge deal. Mm-hmm. What? When do you know you're ready? Yeah, that's tough. I feel like you got to. I like to get up to about six innings in uh-huh. a start, so it's more pitch count based. You know, I I got to get up to over 100 pitches for sure. At least once, twice could be helpful, but for me, it's more how my body feels and how my pitches are kind of working. So I can usually tell that pretty early. And right now, everything is feeling really good you know my sinker has good depth my changeup's working good off it already spinning my curveball okay for this early in spring so I feel like I am a little bit ahead of schedule at least where I've been the last two three years so you know you just rely on your past experiences and how you felt in previous seasons and you kind of know how ready you are and where you're at but you always have to get that pitch count up and ramp up and so by the time you get into the season you know you want to really take advantage of start one and just ride that all the way through can you imagine completing two games in the spring that would be unheard of. I can't believe it. I mean, that's that makes sense back in the day, but yeah, you would never see that today. I mean, six, six innings even seems like a lot in Correct. spring. To, in the spring, to a lot of these guys for sure. You know, a lot of guys will just get up to five innings, maybe, or you know, right around a hundred pitches. But no, going complete, especially two two CGs in spring. Like you say, you don't even see it during the season. It's these insane. Days. Yeah, it's, it's insane. <laughs> Are there times where you've gone through the order, let's say three times, but you're still. 81 pitches, 82 pitches, and the analytics may say, well, the next time through, they're going to hit 290 as opposed to 220. Take him out. Where I'm sitting there going, he's dealing, man. Leave him in. Mm -hmm. Do you understand the analytics? Can you balance that versus your competitive nature? 100%. 100%. And it is a balance. And I think uh, having the right people in the dugout that know you well enough, too. Joe really did did do a great job with it with me. He knew when I looked good and when I was kind of starting to struggle a little bit or get a little fatigued. He just he knew me really well. I think the same can be said about Rossi. He caught me a few times, which is going to help a ton, obviously. But he knows me so well that... He's going to be able to look out there and know if I still got it or if I'm kind of come struggling, starting to struggle a little. But that's really what you have to look at. I don't think the analytics mean something, but you can throw that to the wayside from time to time if you have a guy out there that just looks in control, you know, right. still dominating and, and has it all under control. But if he's starting to falter a little bit and it is that third, fourth time through, obviously I would tend to yeah go with the analytics because there is a lot to it. Kyle, I was watching the 2016 MLB highlight video from the World Series, and it's – I watch it a lot. It's just 
it's such a great moment in my sports fandom. You lived it. You were on the mound in some of the biggest moments this franchise has ever had. And you struck out the first hitter in Game 3. And Joe Buck goes, boy, he just looks completely overwhelmed by the moment. Have you heard when he said that? No, I, I haven't seen that. Yeah, no, you show zero emotion. <laughs> you get a strikeout, uh-huh. and, boy, he looks completely overwhelmed by the moment. I don't know. And he's kidding, and he's laughing. Like, uh-huh. what? do you ever... You don't show pressure. You don't show, like, a fist bump. Like, Strope would give a double fist bump. You just put your head down walk off the mound. What are you feeling inside? Because you never tell us that. Oh, yeah. No, I, it's, it's pure competitiveness. And, yeah, I get fired up inside. But I'm just one of those guys that, you know, I don't show much outward emotion. I love my teammates that do. To be honest with you, I love being the guy sitting in the dugout, seeing Stropey or whoever was with us get fired up, whoever it may be, seeing John get a big punch out yep. and getting fired up. You know, I love seeing that stuff. For me, it's just how I've always been, and so I, I just stay true to myself, you know. I'm focused on making good pitches and getting outs at the end of the day, and I know that's who I am. But, no, in that game, I will. I'll get nervous for random games sometimes middle of the season. Like if I'm something I feel off or I'm not super confident in just how my pitches are feeling at that time. But if you're feeling good, you know, it really doesn't matter magnitude of the game, I would say. If you're, if you're good and your pitches are working, you feel confident about yourself, you could pitch anytime, anywhere. So yesterday the White Sox announced Johan Moncada signs an extension. So they've got a brave long-term, Anderson, who we just had on, Moncada, Aloy, Luis Robert. Like, every guy is locked up long-term. You chose to do the same thing, and I interviewed you a couple years ago. You said, I'm not that guy that's going to try and you got to get me the last dollar. I just want to be comfortable, take care of my family, and if they want to do that, and they did, and you got it done. How does that affect the way you approach the game? And conversely, with KB stuff always in the news, how does that affect your room? Definitely, yeah. I think uh, it all depends on how the individual handles it, you know. So for me, like you said, I just, I've loved playing baseball, and that's really all I've cared about. I'm not the guy that needs all the money in the world. And when the Cubs came to me so generously with what they offered, I mean, you know, I can take care of my family. That's always my focus. So, and I didn't know how it was going to affect me, but now that it's all, all said and done with, coming into spring now and just, I mean, I can just focus on the game. It's all baseball related. It's all, all back to your teammates. There's really no business side of it that I really have to worry about for a while. But same being said for KB, you know, he's going about it a different way, but it's how the individual handles it, you know, and he's so in control. He's so confident in what his decision-making and what he's doing, and it's really, it doesn't affect anything in that clubhouse at all. You know, we have so much confidence in the group that we have, and we're just so excited that we're given another opportunity, a clean slate, and an opportunity with this group of guys that, yeah, we've done it before, but just to get a clean slate, another opportunity to have a run at it, um, you know, you never know where the game's going to take certain guys or what's going to happen down the road, so we're just really excited for this year you- having this group. Do you feel like that there is a school of thought in your room that, guys, you know, people are doubting us. They're saying our window's closed. They say, oh, 16, that was it. That was the aberration. The guys are pissed off. Do you feel that? Definitely. Definitely. Uh, Yeah, pissed. I, I don't know what the right word is to describe it, but hungry. You know, definitely hungry. Guys are... Chip. Yes, definite chip on the shoulder. Guys are realizing what's being said around the league, you know, and kind of projections where people are and... Again, our focus is always on inside our clubhouse and what we're doing, you know, but you can use little things as motivation for sure. And we're just based on the last two years, we know where we want to be and we know that we know the feeling of disappointment. We know the feeling of coming through, you know, and having that uh, jubilation of winning. So we know where we want to be and experience that winning feeling again. And we know what has to be done. So our focus is on the work right now. And hopefully that'll take us the other day. KB said, other than the night we won the World Series, it was the most fun he'd ever had when they mic'd him up. He and Riz, and Riz is talking to Jessica Mendoza. He goes, 
Uh-oh, I don't know what he's going to throw here. Uh, somebody bang for me. Do you think you're going to hear that stuff, whether it's the Cubs, the Dodgers, whoever's playing the Astros, they're going to have to deal with that all year long? Yeah, I think so. Obviously, it's been a huge story of the offseason, you know, and it, I don't think it's going to go away anytime soon until, you know, changes keep being made or, you know, I don't know what's going to happen or where the path is going to take it. But, yeah, there's going to be a lot of dialogue for sure all year long, I think. And we just want we just want to have a level playing field when we go out there, put the best product out on the field and have it equal and just let the boys play, you know, and just best team wins. That's all we care about. Last thing, do you want a – automated strike zone i've asked hitters like i asked to jesus my partner he's like absolutely not what do you want you know if i guess if i could pick and want i wouldn't mind it for just for my pitching style i think i might be able to take some advantage out of that um but at the end of the day no whatever changes they make to the game it's going to be an adjustment no matter what Mm -hmm. but that's all it is you're going to have to adjust hitters will find their ways of dealing with it pitchers will find their ways of attacking it um, if it does end up happening, I enjoy the human element of the game too, though. You know, you have these umpires. They are they are so good at what they do. It, the game is moving so fast, and they really are the best of the best. But they're human. They're going to miss things. We make bad pitches. So that's all part of the game. And if MLB decides they want to go that route, like I said, pitchers will find their ways to attack that kind of electronic strike zone. Hitters will figure out their best way of doing it, and it'll just become norm again as part they of the always game. do yeah. uh, as i let you go the other interesting thing was today rossi had some great quotes i think it was terry francona with the three batter rule that a reliever has to face he said what if you had a situation he goes just pick two great hitters barry bonds is come on deck and then manny ramirez is behind him two great players like that do i take the lefty or do rossi said there'll be more intentional walks than we've seen in a long time because you're going to go you know what I'm going to intentionally walk that guy, and then i got two lefties, so I'll keep a lefty in there. 100%. I think there are going to be more intentional walks. I think there's going to be a lot more two-out intentional walks, you know, because with two outs, you're going to try and get to a guy where that lefty can just get an out, and if he gets an out, it's the end of an inning. Now you can bring somebody else in. So, yeah, just I think there's going to be just different strategy. It's going to change the game just a little bit. Yep. But, again, like I said, it's just going to be an adjustment period. We'll you figure know, it out. Yeah, people figure it out. We'll figure out the best way to, to attack it and to do it, and then it'll just become norm. In One time in the history of the sport, a manager has walked the hitter with the bases loaded. Yep. Can you tell me who the hitter was and who was the manager? Oh, man. I mean, I, gotta, I know it's Barry Bonds. No, it was Josh no? Hamilton. Really? With the bases loaded, and Joe Madden walked him. And it got the no next out way. and won by a run. Yes. I, I, thought, I for, thought for sure it was Barry. Yeah. Wow. It was Joe. <laughs> well, Joe makes, and Josh. That makes sense, to be honest. That makes hey, a lot of sense. Thank you for taking time. You're always great. Of course, man. Always. Great to see you. Appreciate great you, too. Yeah. Thank Have you, a great season.